Hello, and welcome to Wayward Witch, a pagan podcast. My name is Miranda, and I'll be guiding you along this journey to explore non-denominational witchcraft for the modern practitioner every Tuesday. You can find us on your preferred podcast provider, or by following the links on Twitter at WayWitchCast, or on Facebook and Instagram at WayWitchPodcast. Feel free to reach out for questions, concerns, or even just to chit-chat, as I do love to hear from all of you. Let's walk this path together. Today is the day that I tell everyone listening in that chances are you're not going to Valhalla, and that's okay. Last week we had discussed briefly that Asgard and Vanaheim are the realms of the Aesir and the Vanir, respectively, but let's dig a little deeper. Within the realm of Asgard, there are many halls and realms with different purposes belonging to different gods and beings. Among these halls is a place that we are all incredibly familiar with, the Mead Hall of Odin known as Valhalla, or if you're from the southern United States with a bit of a twang, Yalhalla. Get it? It's my favorite Norse joke. Laugh with me. Ha <laughs> ha! It's funny. Just, just, just laugh. <laughs> Simply put, if a person dies honorably in battle, a Valkyrie, which, if we're going to draw Christian parallels to really oversimplify, could be considered akin to a lady angel of death, um, may appear and carry them off to Asgard, where they will spend the rest of time in Valhalla. Each day they will train for Ragnarok, or the Twilight of the Gods, by fighting, killing, and being slain, only to be re- resurrected at the day's end to feast and celebrate with Odin in his great hall. Entry into Valhalla is based on your prowess on the literal battlefield, not the psychological or morality field. I think that because many of us come from Abrahamic backgrounds that focus on the sanctity of martyrdom, we try to bend lore to fit our own personal agendas so that we can all be seen as warriors in our own rights. Regrettably, that's not the case here. During Ragnarok, Odin wants to have the best literal warriors by his side in order to win the battle, which means those of us who aren't masters of combat really don't have the skill set necessary to make that happen. That's not to say that survivors of all the terrible things in life aren't valid. It just means that it's not the same as being skilled in killing other people and making sure you're not killed in return. It should also be noted that entry into Valhalla requires that you die in battle. So even if you were once a great skilled warrior, but died of a natural cause at an old age, you will not be a candidate for the Mead Hall. In the same vein as Valhalla, we have Folkvang. Folkvang means field of the host or army field and has been called the field of the warriors. It belongs to Freya and is said to contain the nine castles. Her home lies within a meadow watched over by her where half of those who die in combat go to upon their death, and the other half go to Odin to reside in Valhalla. In Freya's hall, the dead are catered to by faithful wives and women who died before marriage. Folkvang is mentioned in the Poetic Edda where it states, quote, The ninth is Folkvang, where Freya decrees, who shall have seats in the hall. The half of the dead each day does she choose, and half does Odin have. End quote. 
I always found it sadly amusing that everyone is so gung-ho about Valhalla and the way that they want to be the biggest, baddest warriors for Odin, but seem to forget that the best of the best are chosen by Freya first. Essentially, Odin gets the leftovers. Another realm of the afterlife is Elyudnir, which means sprayed with snow or damp with sleet. This place is presided over by Hel, the daughter of Loki and the giantess Angerboda, which is also the name of the underworld altogether. Hel is depicted as a gloomy, sad-looking woman with a body that's half normal in appearance and the other half rotting with decay. It's important to distinguish here, though, that Hel isn't necessarily as evil as we would like to imagine based on the idea that fearsome entities are bad, nor is she as Marvel would like to represent her. Though... I do have to be honest, I don't really watch Marvel or DC movies. If you would like to argue with me on that, I'll gladly do it, by the way. Moving on, Hel has been given her position in her realm when Odin threw her from the mist-arid darkness of Nefelheim, the world beneath the worlds. And, she, and as she fell, she heard Odin's decree that she should look after the dead. All those in the nine worlds who died of illness or old age the condition being that she should share out whatever food she had with whomever came to her. Those who die of old age and natural causes typically go to Elgindir. Elgindir? Elgindir? I know, I'm mispronouncing that a whole lot, and I apologize. <laughs> While those who led less admirable lives, such as murderers, rapists, and thieves, find themselves on the shore of corpses, called Nastrond, where the dragon Nidhogg sucks the blood from their bodies. You know... Brutal as always in the ways of the Norse. In addition to this conception of a great general underworld, people from particular families and localities are sometimes depicted as remaining underneath and remaining together in a particular place where they would live while they were alive, like underneath a specific a specific specific mountain. <laughs> I'm stumbling. Those who died at sea, which was not an uncommon way to go in a seafaring culture like that of the Vikings, are sometimes, but not always, said to be taken to the underwater abode of the giantess Ran. Some sources also speak of the dead being reborn in one of their descendants, although never in someone outside of their family line. Here as well, the sources are unclear as to how exactly this would happen, but oftentimes the dead person is reincarnated into someone who is named after him or her. With all the talk of the afterlife, I think it's also a good idea to further expand our thinking on Norse funeral rites as well. Oftentimes, I've heard people moan and cry about not being able to have a, quote, proper Viking funeral, end quote, which most typically think is your corpse being shipped out onto the water in a boat and set ablaze in an awesome display and as their last hurrah. However, the Norse had many different ways of laying their dead to rest. Sure, they had funeral pyres as well as setting long boats aflame or even burying people and the boat all together with their belongings and sometimes other people. But as disenchanting as it sounds, they also just plainly buried their dead in mounds. If the person who passed on had slaves, known as thralls, then they would become human sacrifices and buried with their deceased master. This, is sometime, this sometimes was even strangely accompanied by sex rituals. 
According to ancientorigins.net, Aydin Fadlin was a 10th century Arab who was part of an embassy sent by Baghdad to Volga, Bulgaria, or modern-day Russia. A detailed account of the Volga Vikings, including the funeral of a chieftain, may be found in Fadlin's writing, known as the Risala. One of the funeral rituals recording, recorded in the Risala is that of a per- peculiar form of human sacrifice. According to Fodlin, a slave girl had volunteered to accompany the dead chief to the afterlife. Before being sacrificed, however, she had sexual intercourse with six different men so as to collect their essence of life, which was kind of like a, a last final gift for the dead chief. It must be pointed out, however, that such a ritual was rare. Aiden Fodlin's description of a Volga Bulgarian Viking funeral may be unique to that area and is not necessarily representative of Viking funerals elsewhere. All in all, if you're a heathen and you wish to prepare a Viking funeral, don't be discouraged when your country, state, or province won't allow you to be set ablaze in a big boat. A hole in the ground will do just fine. After all, If we can be buried without slaves and still be legitimized in our faith, I am sure that not dying via big boat will do just as well. I kind of want to veer from this for a minute and discuss a little bit about common modern ways of death. Um, Like most people these days, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with Ask a Mortician on YouTube, which I think everybody should really become familiar with because you never know when you're going to die and you should do all that planning and stuff. And whenever it comes to a proper heathen funeral, I think it's a really good idea to look into options such as natural burials, where you're not, you know, being pumped full of formaldehyde and all these other embalming fluids. You're not being put in a cement encasing down into the ground. It's it's really green, if, if you want to put it that way. It's very eco-friendly. Um, but I, I feel like it's quintessentially pagan to go the most natural way and just be dropped into the ground and rot away and become food for the earth. I believe there's something in Wicca, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have notes in front of me for this because I'm kind of veering off in a left field right now. Um, There is a belief in Wicca, if I'm correct, that from the earth we came into the earth we return. And I think that's a really beautiful sentiment whenever we consider death. And rather than being upset that we can't, you know, go out into the middle of a river or a lake and have somebody shoot a flaming arrow and set us ablaze like a giant meat candle, <laughs> I think it's a really good idea to start looking into options like natural burials or even... Um, what is it called? I want to say that it's called like a cold cremation, which all of that information is available through Ask a Mortician on YouTube. So definitely check her out. She is really eye-opening. She approaches death in a way that's oddly fr- family-friendly. Um, it's not scary. It's not morose. It's it's really beautiful. So definitely check that out if you're thinking about, you know, your, your last days, <laughs> as, as morbid as that sounds, but you can never be too prepared. So, don't be too upset about the whole Valhalla thing. Me, personally, thinking about what I want to do in the afterlife 
continuously fighting and dying and coming back just to fight and die over and over again is not on the highest level of things I want to do for the rest of eternity. Um, and maybe that's something you want to do, and that's neat, I suppose. Um, if, if that's the case, I guess, you know, get to training or joining the military or doing whatever you think is, is fit to become the best warrior that you think you can be. But personally, it's not for me. I am perfectly fine with, you know, just going down into hell and living out the rest of my days eternally doing a whole lot of nothing. There's also this belief that whenever you die, I, I think I mentioned this earlier in the episode, that you become reunited with your family um, that have already passed away, and even from eons prior. And that, that sounds a whole lot more comforting to me than, than the, the fight and die repeatedly. <laughs> but, you know, I know a lot of people are, are really big into valor and glory. So I'm not going to knock you if that's one, if that's something that you, you want to give a try. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I plugged the group. I know that we're just a small collective right now. But if you do want to join us at the Witch's Broom on Facebook, feel free. Um, my sister Anna is absolutely incredible in keeping that going while I'm over here fussing and researching and getting my head turned into scrambled eggs and not really participating often. So for that, I, I want to apologize. Um, but I see every post and I am more than happy to reach out and say thank you and I love you and all of that fun stuff. Um, social media should be coming back up and running here shortly. Um, there's been a lot of busy things going on with the, the holidays approaching and with all sorts of different little changes going on in my life. It is Scorpio season after all, and with Mercury and Gatorade, as I like to call it. Um, I know that somebody recently told me Mercury in the microwave. <laughs> I'll, I'll blame all of my, my issues on that. Yeah, it's it's been a doozy. There's been a lot of, a lot of uh, curveballs. But hopefully I'll be back on social media. Um, it's definitely something that I struggle with because uh, I... I'm not super techie, <laughs> and I'm old. Um, I'm not as old as, you know, old people, but I, I definitely didn't grow up with Instagram and stuff like that, so it's a bit of a learning curve. Um, and I mean, hey, if, if you want to help out with that, feel free, reach out. Uh, you, you have ideas for posts, I'm more than happy to take them willingly and give out credit where credit is due. Uh, yeah, so... I'm, I'm always rambling at the end, and I apologize for that. Um, Patreon will be up shortly. That's all I'm going to say about that, because I'm not going to sit here and beg you for, for funds. <laughs> not yet, at least. Um, but yeah, as always, Witchlings, never forget. Be kind. Be brave. Be unstoppable. I'll see you next time. <laughs>